The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 86 Homer 1886 April Henry's Bar Colorado. End of the line. The conductor said as he walked through the passenger car. Only Homer sat among its benches. He looked around, surprised, then hung his head out the window to get a better look at the town. It was small. There was a bar across from the train station. It was the biggest structure. There was also some small shops, a stable, a restaurant, and a church scattered throughout the streets. This isn't the railroad camp. Homer asked the conductor. No, this is the end of the line. The railroad camp is further down, but there's no station there. This is as far as we go. But the station in Denver said that this was the way to the railroad camp. Aye, that it is, but we're not going there. If you want to go there, you'll have to hire a horse or get someone to drive you. Just follow the tracks. They'll lead you straight to it. The conductor politely pointed towards the door. Homer got up and shuffled his way off the train. Standing out in the middle of the street, just outside the railroad station, he had nowhere to go but Henry's bar. Inside the bar was warm and friendly. Henry smiled at him and pointed to a bar stool. There were men scattered about the place, talking, playing cards. But Homer's attention was immediately drawn to the piano. Alan sat at the piano, his back to the bar, just lazily going through songs Orpheus had taught him long ago. What can I get you? Henry asked. Homer jumped. He didn't realize he'd been staring at the piano player. For a moment, everything had disappeared except the music, and Henry's question brought Homer back to reality, like the breaking of glass. What? I'm sorry. I need to get to the railroad camp. Do you know if anyone can lend me a horse? Homer asked. L lend you a horse? If you go to the stable, you can probably rent one. If you want to go out to the Golden Apple, I'm sure Edgar will sell you one. But I don't know anybody who's going to lend you their horse. The Golden Apple? It's a cattle ranch northeast of here. You can't miss it. I'm sure they'll have a couple horses they'd be willing to sell. I don't really have that kind of money. Well, it's not really important right now anyways. It's too late to head out. By the time you got halfway there, the sun will have set and you'll be riding in the dark. It's just... Not that safe. Tell you what, how much money have you got? After the train ticket, to get here, I have... Homer took a moment to count the money out in his wallet. Two dollars and thirty-seven cents, he said. You're telling me the truth, aren't you? Of course I am. Why would I lie? Someone asks you how much money you have in your wallet. You either don't tell them or you lie. You never let anyone know how much money you're carrying. That's rule one. Rule one? All right, you got me. It's probably like rule five or six, but saying it's rule six does not make it sound as important. Give me a dollar. You can have a room upstairs, a bottle of Applejack, and all the chili you can eat. Chili? You came on the train. Aren't you hungry? <laughs> Don't listen to him. The room is worth 25 cents. If you drink that whole bottle, you'll pass out and wake up regretting life. Also, the chili is free if you're drinking, so just order a glass of whiskey. Poe laughed 
as he set the guitar still in its case against the bar. Damn it, Poe. You ruin all my fun. What good is it having a train station if I can't hustle a few greenhorns every once in a while? Not like I was going to take all of his money, Henry complained. <laughs> yeah, not yet, but I'm sure you had plans. What's your name, friend? Poe asked. My name is Homer. Do you play the guitar? Yep. Are you playing tonight? Not in the bar. Tonight, I have a date. A pretty little thing. She's come all the way down from Denver to see me. Then why do you have the guitar? You don't know a lot about women, do you? I can't say that I do. Do you know the piano player? Yes, I know of him. Why do you ask? The music. It's so beautiful. Hypnotizing. I was wondering where he learned it. I've never heard anything like that before. <laughs> you should tell him these things. He's a little shy, so you should just go over and introduce yourself. I couldn't do that. I would disrupt his music. Oh, I see. You're a little shy, too. Well, then this may not work. What may not work? Poe didn't answer. He just stood from the stool, walked over to the piano, and seemed to argue with Alan for a moment. He pointed back to Homer, and then almost pushing Alan from behind, led him across the bar where Homer was sitting. Alan, this is Homer. Homer, this is Alan. Hi, Alan said, and then looked around, trying to look at anything except Homer. Alan, don't be shy. You're doing me a favor. Homer here's a good friend of mine, but I have a date, so I need to go. I need you to take care of him for the night. You just make sure he has a good time. I, I'm working tonight, Alan said, keeping his head down. I'm aware, but I have a date, and my friend needs someone to show him around. I promised him a good time, and now I'm not going to even be able to be here. I'll owe you one. Homer watched them argue. He began to notice how similar they looked. Poe seemed to stand taller, but maybe that was just his confidence. When Homer really looked at them, he saw they could be identical. Are you brothers? asked Homer. He's a friend of yours, and he doesn't even know you have a brother? Alan questioned. Yes, he's my friend. No, he didn't know I had a brother. Look, I gotta go. You gotta do this for me. You owe me one. I thought you owed me one. It doesn't matter. I gotta go. Poe picked up his guitar and left the bar. Henry set two glasses on the bar and poured whiskey into them. He slid them forward, one for Alan and one for Homer. Here you go. On the house. And if you need some chili, just ask. He was almost giggling as he walked over to another customer. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop you from playing. Homer said. Um, don't worry about it. Are you really a friend of Poe's? Well, I have to be honest. I only met him a few minutes ago, but somehow, I don't think I could describe him any other way. Yeah, yeah, he, he's like that. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be rude. I'm just... I'm not like him. I'm I'm not friendly. I, I don't know. You seem friendly enough. Would you like to go back to playing the piano? Well, I'm supposed to be working. Henry pays me to play here when I'm not working at the ranch. You work at a ranch? Uh, yeah, well, around here we just call it the ranch. It's the only one in the valley, and all of my brothers work there. You have more than one brother? Y yeah... I have eleven brothers and one sister. Poe is my twin, and somehow that means I end up doing everything he says. I really don't mean to be a bother. I just really liked your music, and somehow he interpreted that as I needed to meet you. <laughs> I don't I don't mind meeting you. 
I mean, I like... It's nice to meet you. Don't let anything I say make you think otherwise. You liked my music? Yes. I'd never heard anything like it before. Where did you learn it? Oh, um, my dad taught it to me. He learned it in China, so it might be why you've never heard something like it before. Your dad traveled to China? Well, <laughs> no, well, kind of. He lived there originally. He was Chinese? Uh, mostly. Do I ask too many questions? It's a bad habit. I'm sorry if I'm making you uncomfortable. No, it, that's not it. It's, um, that's not why I've been uncomfortable. But you are uncomfortable. Yeah, no, no, I'm fine. It's just that it's a bad habit I've gotten into. You see, I'm a reporter. Um, like for the newspaper? Yeah, I work for the New York Times. New York? <laughs> You're Yankee. I guess so. I've never actually been called that before, but yeah, technically. Hey, Henry! Alan yelled. We got ourselves a Yankee! There's not anything wrong with being a Yankee, is there? Asked Homer. No, um, we just find it kind of funny around here because my, um, my, well, uh, my mother, um, made me promise never to date a Yankee. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll have any worry about dating me. No? You don't want to go on a date? We're both men, so... So why would that matter? Men don't go on dates together. They just go out together. What's the difference? Well, when you say go out on a date, you imply something romantic. And, um, what would you do on these romantic dates? In all honesty... I don't know. I've never really been on one. I've been very focused on my career, and I've never really met anyone. Um, then just imagine you're on one. What do you do? I don't know. Nice dinner? Then maybe a walk somewhere quiet, where we could maybe look up at the stars? Are you hungry? Henry will get you a bowl of chili, but we have a restaurant in town. It's far better. We could go if you like. Poe told me I'm supposed to show you a good time tonight, right? Why not go have supper on me? I don't know. This sounds like a date. It can't be. According to your rules, men don't date. All right. All right, let's go. Homer and Alan stood from their stools and began to walk out the door together. Um, because this isn't a date, I'm not allowed to, like, hold your hand or anything, am I? Would you want to? I, I don't know, I'm just trying to understand the rules, Alan said as they disappeared through the doors. Henry watched them and smiled. He was going to have to tell Colin all about it later in bed. So, um, uh, what brings you here, all the way from New York? Alan asked as they sat in the restaurant slowly eating their dinners. I was following a story. I was supposed to write an article on Ajax, captain of the cavalry. Homer explained. But they got on a train and got away from me, and now I have to try to catch up with them. Supposedly, they went to the railroad camp further along. The train doesn't go there, so I'm kind of stranded here until I can get a horse or a cart or something. You were following Captain Ajax? Isn't he dead? <laughs> there are two of them. This one is his son. He writes novels. He was supposed to fight this girl, and she ended up dragging him onto a train and disappearing instead. Oh no. He was gonna fight a girl. What girl? 
Oh, here, I'll show you. Homer pulled out from his coat pocket a folded-up piece of paper. Setting it on the table and unfolding it, he revealed the wanted poster. Alan took a good look at it and began to laugh. Oh, oh God, this girl. This is the girl that threw him on the train and disappeared with him. Yeah, do you know her? (laughs) Well, um, remember when I said I have one sister? This is her. Alan smiled. This is your sister? The daughter of the Reaper? The Whiskey Girl? Oh, yeah. I I just call her Annie. Where was she when she hopped on the train? In the forest north of Denver. The train was supposed to go through to the railroad camp. There was a train just before the train you showed up on. It just barreled through. We thought it was kind of odd it didn't want to stop, but we weren't going to stop it. That must have been the one. Uh, that's good. She's almost home. Probably finish up her business and she'll head back tomorrow. It'll be good to see her again. She's been gone for about a month or so. What is her story? Do you think she'd do an interview? For the paper? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. If she thought you were friendly and you'd hear her out, not be judgmental. Judgmental of what? Um, the way we live. Why would I do that? Well, a lot of us around here, we don't necessarily care much for outsiders. Because outsiders don't necessarily care that much for us, most of the time. You're being cryptic. You can be honest with me. I promise I won't be judgmental. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, Yankee. You're a reporter. What if you tell our secrets and people come looking for us? What secrets? Okay, I'll give you one. If you can prove to me that you're trustworthy with this one secret, I'll tell you one more. All right. Tell me one secret. Okay. Well, in this town, it's it's okay and perfectly acceptable for two men to go on a date together. Really? Yeah, really. And everybody knows about this? Everybody in town does. Now, you have to prove to me you can be trusted with this secret. How do I prove it? Um, you have to both admit to and complete your specifications for the date you're currently on. Wait, what? <laughs> um, finish this dinner with me. Walk with me through the town. We'll find a nice place to sit, stare up at the stars, have a friendly conversation. If you can do that, then I'll give you one more secret. Homer sat quiet for a moment. He contemplated everything Alan had said. He wondered, would he do this just for the possibility of getting a story? If he returned to New York with nothing, he would have been gone too long and they would most likely replace him. The only thing now that would save his job was a really good story. If he did this, would he be doing it for the story? Nobody will think it's strange, the two of us on a date. Homer asked. (laughs) Um, the date my brother already pushed me on, that date? No, no one's going to care. All right. I agree. I'll do it. Now Homer had a secret of his own. He was not doing it to get the story. He knew he was doing it because he wanted to. So, how long have you lived here? Homer asked as he walked down the street next to Alan, passing by the different shops across from Henry's bar. Um, me? Uh, all my life, Alan responded. And how long has that been? Oh, well, I don't know. I I don't want you to laugh. I, I don't want you to think I'm just a kid or something. I know how that feels. I just barely got the job at the Times, and everyone treats me like I'm there to bring them coffee. 
I know I'm the youngest, but I'm still a reporter, just like all of them. So how old are you? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I don't want you thinking I'm like some old man. All right, we don't talk about age, but I'll give you a hint. The town has been here just a little longer than 20 years. Henry, the man who runs the bar, he built it. So he owns the whole town? Yeah, most of the town. But he he sells parcels of it. The gun shop, the restaurant, the train station, most of the other businesses. They all own their own buildings and the land they're on. You gotta watch Henry. He's a bit of a con man, but if you could be an honest con man, I guess that's what he is. A town this small has a gun shop? (laughs) Yeah, a town this small has a gunslinger, so of course it needs its own gun shop. Shop is just up ahead. Would you like to see it? Sure. Homer and Alan approached the shop as Simon stepped out of the front and turned the lock on the door. Oh, Simon, you're closing up. Alan asked as he stopped. Yeah, I'm taking it off a little early so I can make it back for supper, Simon said as he leaned against the wall and pulled out a pack of cigarettes. He slipped three cigarettes from the pack and held out two of them for Alan to take. Alan looked over at Homer, asking with a tilt of his head and a look in his eye whether Homer would like a cigarette. Homer nodded he would. Alan took them, put them both in his mouth, and then held them there as Simon struck a match. Alan took the first puffs, lighting the cigarettes. Then, removing one of them, he handed it to Homer, who placed it in his mouth. Um, Simon, can you do me a favor? Yeah, what do you need? Can you, um, can you tell Edgar that I might be a little late coming home tonight? Late? Um, I'm on a date. Simon, this is Homer. Well, Pollyanna is holding dinner at the ranch till I get there. Why don't you just bring him along? There's room at the table. Um, maybe next time, but we've we've already had supper. <laughs> All right, then. It's a pleasure to meet you, Homer, but I gotta get going. I'm getting hungry. Don't get my brother into any trouble, you hear me? Uh, I promise I won't. Homer said, taking a step back. (laughs) Just kidding. But you're welcome at the ranch any time. Have a good night. Simon turned and walked away. Hey, um, Simon, tell Edgar Anna is at the railroad camp. I will, Simon said without turning around as he waved goodbye. You have a brother named Edgar. Yeah, I do. And Edgar runs the ranch. Yeah, he's the oldest, so he kind of runs everything and takes care of everyone. Oh, I got that. It's just that he's Edgar, and you're Alan. Yeah, and you met my twin brother, Poe. That would mean you're Edgar, Alan, and Poe? Yeah, and my sister is Annabelle Lee. But if you call her that, she's likely to punch you. So I just stick to Anna when you meet her. She'll like you a lot better if you do. (laughs) Thank you, I will. Trying to figure out what to call people is somehow one of the most difficult parts of this job. Do you like your name? To be honest, Homer isn't my original name. I changed it when I decided to become a writer. Why Homer? You know, after Homer the poet. Um, no, which poet? The Greek poet who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey? Oh, sorry. This town really needs a library. That's okay. It's something I can share with you later. Later? Asked Alan, his eyes wide in surprise. You said... Next time, you'll take me to dinner with your family. Personally, I thought it was a bold move, and quite presumptuous to think that I would already agree to a second date. But what do I know? 
This is the first date I've ever been on. <laughs> now you're teasing me. <laughs> Maybe a little. Does it make you uncomfortable? Does what make me uncomfortable? Being out with me. Talking like this. No. It doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. What about you? I would have thought so. But you're right. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a really good time. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. Now, I can tell Poe I've done my duty. I will tell him myself at dinner. Now who's being presumptuous? I haven't actually asked you yet. Will you? We shall see. Come this way. Alan instructed as he walked up the steps of the church. In the church? Yeah, come on. He opened the doors and waved Homer forward. But it's closed. No one's around. No, it's it's okay. Come on, you're not superstitious, are you? No. Homer stepped up and followed Alan in. Why are we here? Homer asked, whispering. Why are you whispering? Alan asked, also whispering. Because I don't want to get thrown in jail for breaking into a church. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one's going to throw you in jail. The sheriff is my uncle and we're not going to steal anything. Alan said as they continued to walk through the pews toward the pulpit. Is the entire town made up of your family? <laughs> Originally, yes. But there are more than just us now. What are we doing here? Um, you wanted to look at the stars. This is the best place to see them. Just follow me, you'll see. Homer followed as Alan led him around the door behind the pulpit. There was a staircase leading up that turned back and forth on itself a couple of times. They climbed the staircase. Homer was afraid to talk until they got to the trap door in the ceiling at the top of the staircase. Alan went through first and then leaned in and held his hand out for Homer. Homer set his hand in Alan's. His cheeks flushed at the contact. His heart began to beat faster. The warmth of Alan's hand seemed to spread through him. He didn't want to let go, but once he was out of the trap door and standing on his own, Alan let go. Alan suddenly didn't know what to do with his hand now that he was no longer holding Homer's. He brushed his hand through his hair and stuffed it in his pocket and then took it out again. Okay, um, we're here, Alan said as he held out his arms to show Homer where they were. Homer looked out across the city. They were up on top of the church bell tower. Above their heads hung the church bell. Homer felt the impulse to ring it, but held his hands at his sides to keep himself from doing so. Do you always commit a small crime on a date? Homer asked as he looked out across the city and into the sky. Um, <laughs> every date should have a moment that makes your heart beat faster, that makes you flushed with excitement. Every date needs the little taste of danger, a moment you'll never forget. I see. Are you worried I will forget you? Homer asked, remembering their hands together, remembering how his heart beat faster and his cheeks flushed. There were two chairs sitting near the edge, and Alan pulled them out. He sat down before he answered. Won't you forget me? We've, we've just met. We've known each other for, what, three hours, and you're on your way back to New York once you have your story. What will you remember of the weird piano player who tricked you into going on a date? Homer moved his chair closer to Alan's and sat down, near enough to touch him but didn't. He stared up at the stars. I will remember everything about this. Every moment. And not just because I'm trained to. I will remember this because, even though it's only been three hours, I am a different man than I was before it began. And it scares me. What scares you? 
What if I don't fit in anymore? What if I go back to New York and there's no place for me there? What's New York like? There are over two million people in that city. That's more than one million men. One million men walking the streets, working in shops, trying to make a living, and all of them, every single one of them, doing everything they can to look just like each other. I walked through the streets of Manhattan, and every man on the street was wearing the same hat, the same coat, the same shoes. They all had on the same suit. The thing that frightened me most when I saw this was that I looked at myself, and so was I. I thought, how was this organized? Did we all receive some vast office memo? Then I realized there had been one. The New York Times. Everyone reads the paper, and the paper told them who they needed to be, who they were supposed to be in order to fit in, and fitting in was the most important thing. Get a job. A steady one. One that 10,000 people already have, because they have done good at it. They kept their jobs, and it made them secure. Make sure you're secure. Be like them, be like everyone else, and you'll be safe. Get a wife, but make sure it's one like everyone else's. A wife that only knows how to clean your house, make your dinners, and have your children. If she's anything more than that, you're not safe. If she aspires higher than this, she's going to ruin your life. Don't trust any girl who wants to be better than she is. Have a child. Have two, just in case something happens to the first one. That will make you safe. Then they can replace you. They can take care of you when you're old. That's their duty. Make sure they understand. Teach them that this is the way. Tell them to read the newspaper. It will tell them how to blend in, how to be like everyone else. And if they can do that, then they will be safe. Don't let them be happy. You weren't happy, and it worked for you. Make sure they know. Make sure that they are safe. I don't know what scares me more. Not fitting in or fitting in and living out the rest of my life, never able to be happy because happiness lies beyond what's socially acceptable. Homer stopped talking. Alan could not think of what to say, so he reached out and held Homer's hand. They sat together, staring up at the stars. Alan stood and pulled Homer up with him. Letting go of his hand and then looking into his eyes, Alan took the hat off Homer's head. Without looking, he tossed the hat behind him, throwing it off the bell tower. Then, removing his own hat, he placed it on Homer. There. With this hat, I give you permission to be who you want to be. You don't have to be them. You don't have to be me. You can be Homer. Whoever that guy is in New York, the one that's copied a million times over, We've had enough of him. Other people have already taken care of being him. Their job from now on is to be Homer in all his glory. Homer fell forward, wrapping his arms around Alan, placing his head on his shoulder. He barely kept from crying. Thank you. Was all Homer could say. I, I didn't do anything that shouldn't have been done a long time ago. Come on. Let me walk you back to Henry's. He'll have a room for you. They held hands as they walked back to the bar. They stopped in a shadow just before the entrance where the lights from inside poured out onto the street. This is it, 
you've reached the end of our date, and you have fulfilled your agreement, so now I must fulfill mine. I owe you one more secret. You do. Homer smiled, looking down at his hand still in Alan's. So, what is the big secret? Um, it's not polite to give away other people's secrets, so the only thing I could do is give you one of my own. You have a secret. Um, yeah, I do. I've been hiding it from you all night. Okay, now it's killing me. What is your secret? Um, I've I've secretly hoped that at the end of the date you'd let me kiss you. You want to kiss me? More than I've ever wanted to kiss anyone else in my entire life. I would like that. You would? Does that surprise you? Yeah, it does. Ellen said as he took a step forward, closing the gap between them. He saw Homer close his eyes. Alan's hand came up, holding his cheek, and he leaned forward to let their lips touch. Homer never did return to New York. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.